2: So we are here at the
3: Sunflower Festival, I am in a field of sunflowers. And um, as I said, man, you got to get out in nature. We've been gardening, we've been visiting farms, going to farmer's markets, looking for the purest vegetables and meats we can find. After this, we're actually heading up to a friend of mine's house to pick up some organic grass-fed ground beef and talk to him about uh, placing an order for a half, maybe a quarter cow. So. Get out there in nature and enjoy the natural life. And this is how we will push back against the technocrats. I am Dustin Gold. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold, and this is the Dustin Gold Standard. Wow. Thank you very much for all the wonderful feedback on episodes one through three of the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. It's overwhelming, and I really appreciate it. I'm doing this for you. I put a lot of research, a lot of work into these episodes, and I am glad that you are getting something out of it. I hope you share them with people and I will ask you because it is important. I know Mike does not plug enough, but if you could on Apple iTunes, please leave a five star rating and a comment if possible. It actually helps trick the algorithms and helps push up the show and then we can get this message out to more people. As you can see over the weekend, my wife and I went to Sycamore. Uh, hill farms that's where we pick up a bi-weekly box of organic vegetables that we use to supplement what we grow in our garden we also pre-ordered two dozen eggs a week for like a whole year which has been fantastic they're the best eggs ever and then we went out to the sunflower festival it was actually a pretty cool business model it was a huge farm they grow all these wildflowers and all these sunflowers and they charge people five dollars to get in per person and walk around and then it's one dollar per sunflower and five dollars per bunch of wildflowers, but they really don't have to do much. There's really no farming involved. Be interesting to see uh what their profit margins are, are like on that because i'm looking uh, for some land myself and ways to monetize that land but it was a great experience and great seeing families out there with kids and no masks which is nuts because up here in maryland it's about 50 percent of people are wearing masks again they're afraid of whatever new variant of COVID is out there whatever dr fauci tells them but the good news is it came out that dr fauci is going to retire uh at the end of joe biden's term <laughs> somewhere like January 2025. Who knows? The guy will be there forever. This episode I am going to do is a little different than what I had planned. I was going to cover Elon Musk and a chief scientist for the last 40 years at NASA named Dennis Bushnell and show you the ties between those two men and the brain chip, the AI brain chip, which we discussed a bit in episodes one through three. If you remember, we covered an article out of General Electric showing the tenets of the fourth industrial revolution that was written back in 2016. And then in episode two, we covered an MIT article that got into Ray Kurzweil uh, and talked about the AI hive mind neocortex located up in the cloud and then putting nano robots into your bloodstream. And then episode three, we tied in a lot of video clips of Ray Kurzweil over the years, uh, over the last 15 years, combined in with Yuval Noah Harari, who is the prophet of the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab's right-hand man, which brings me to some exciting news before we jump into what this episode is going to be, because I'm saving Musk and Bush now for the next episode. I need to pull a couple more pieces together for you so we are going to get into something different on this episode and i am going to explain that momentarily but first we do have a really important message from a special guest now that i brought up Yuval harari and klaus schwab at the world economic forum and this person wishes they could be here in person for what they call this a meeting not a podcast i don't know why but um, let's take a look because uh, they worked really hard to get this to us and we really appreciate it here at the Dustin Gold Standard. Mike Moore over at Thomas Paine Podcast, the commander-in-chief of uh, TV, really pulled some strings to get this for us.
4: Your Excellencies, ladies and gentlemen, it's my great honor to participate at this important meeting, despite all the repercussions of the global pandemic even if only in a virtual way. With all the current issues on our agenda, we tend to forget that we are in the midst of the fourth industrial revolution, which accelerates global change in much more comprehensive and faster ways than the previous three revolutions. His Excellency has been so foresighted in establishing a center for the fourth industrial revolution in cooperation with the World Economic Forum. The objective is to quickly recognize the potential of new technologies as well as develop the necessary ethical and political frameworks around those new technologies to ensure that those technologies are human-centered and society-oriented. The world has to overcome not only the damage done to our economies and our societies by COVID-19, it also has to confront the repercussions of a dangerous clash between major global powers. History is truly at a turning point. We do not yet know the full extent and the systemic and structural changes which will happen. However, we do know that global energy systems, food systems and supply chains will be deeply affected. In times of crisis, the role of governments is more important and more relevant than ever. What is also needed is a summit like this one to go beyond crisis management and to look into constructive ways we can build our common future. Our futures are intrinsically connected to one another as profound challenges to mankind, such as climate change, are globally interconnected and require collaborative responses. In conclusion, and despite all the challenges We have to uphold our responsibility, which we have towards the next generation and which we can only fulfill through collaboration on a national and on a global level. I wish you an impactful and successful meeting.
3: Wow, that was amazing. Wow, Mike Moore at Thomas Payne Podcast, Commander in Chief here of Payne TV, was able to get us Klaus Schwab himself, Uncle Klaus. What an incredible guy! I mean, he went out of his way to make a video for this meeting, for this for this summit, as he called it. I love it; it's fantastic. As I'm talking to you guys, or we're sitting here discussing the tenets of the the false industrial revolution, the false industrial revolution at the world economic forum uh we are discussing how to beat it how to work around it and klaus and klaus was honored for what we're doing that we're working towards coming together as human beings i I really really appreciate that mike thank you very much for lining up that speech for us. Amazingly enough, you could get that at cameo.com for $4.50. Apparently, Klaus Schwab will be eating crickets as well, not just us, which is great. It's good to know that he comes down to our level once in a while. But that made me feel a lot more comfortable about the false industrial revolution, right? The false industrial revolution. I mean, when you listen to him, do you not get chills for the video audience? you got to watch it of course i added the music behind that (laughs) early this morning (laughs) because every time i see this guy i swear i just i just hear like like uh, darth vader music or like nazi goose step music it's crazy it's sometimes i wonder if we're watching a cgi projection and it's not even the real guy or did he already upload his consciousness into the cloud well, today we're not going to talk as much about the AI hive mind, nanorobots in your bloodstream, uh, immortality, life extension, etc. What we're going to get into today is we are going to jump into the world of gig work, of which I know very well, and I will explain that after the break. But we're going to get into gig work, and it's very important that we do so. We have to look at a couple of pieces before I tell you exactly what we're gonna delve into. And I'm gonna show you um, two different parts of of gig work and then also combined with what they call frictionless shopping. You may be seeing this in your grocery stores. We have some videos to explain uh, frictionless shopping to you. And then the gig work side. And I'm gonna show you who's actually behind gig work companies like Instacart, the largest grocery shopping uh, gig work app, and who is behind a company called Customate, which is an Israeli frictionless shopping uh, company. But we have to look at what we, we started to see this over the last three episodes. I was able to show you that people like Elon Musk and people like Ray Kurzweil and people like Yuval Noah Harari Talk about how we, humans, have actually been helping develop this AI hive mind, which is a powerful supercomputer brain that was built and designed off of all of our thoughts, our emotions, our feelings, our interactions with the Internet, our interactions in the real world. Remember, we have what's called the Internet of Things which is over 60 billion devices connected to the internet around the world. Probably, it could even be double now, from traffic cameras to Amazon rings, Google Nest, Alexa, our smartphones, to microwaves and refrigerators, and everything that's connected to the internet. Thermostats in our homes, some toilets now. They are tracking everything, but it's not just to track us as individuals. It's not so that they could come and arrest us if we are going to try to revolt against the the system, at least not at this point. Right now, we are training and building the AI hive mind. Elon Musk calls this the giant cybernetic collective. He's talked about this in many places, including on Joe Rogan's show, where Rogan said, Hey, man, that sounds so cool, man. Giant cybernetic collective, man. That kind of freaks me out, man. And Musk explained Yes, I know. It should. But let's talk a little bit about the giant cybernetic collective before we go to break. Elon Musk often mentions cyborgs at events and during interviews, and we are going to get into that in episode five, where both Elon Musk and chief scientist engineer at NASA says that humans are already cyborgs, but I'm not going to touch on that today. This concept is not just a funny remark, a sci-fi reference, or a way to throw around big terms to sound smarter. It's an important paradigm, a lens we can look at the past with, and more importantly, a concept that will have a great impact on the future of our species. Now, this is a really long article, and it's actually really good. So I'm probably going to do a solo show on this, a short one, maybe an hour. But let me just talk a little bit more so we can get into the concept of the cybernetic collective. To build cars, Tesla had to finish building the inside of the factory. It needed machines, tooling, computers, robots, and people to all work together to go from parts to functioning cars. Musk described the end result as a, quote, giant cybernetic Collective where 20,000 people, countless machines, numerous computers, and communication systems all work together over four to five shifts to build cars. Now, when Musk explained this on Joe Rogan's show, he said that each company, each organization, and then each industry work as a cybernetic collective. It's a group of people that are working to load information into machines. The machines are learning from the people, the AI is being developed, and this is basically how we have to look at the whole world. He actually goes into depth about this. So what he is saying is everything we are doing, everything we are putting into our phones, from our search results to this morning, I saw an app that says go around and scan plants It'll tell you what it is, or you can add it to a catalog. Those companies are having you catalog the plants. God only knows what they're going to do with that information. Maybe tweak their chemtrails to kill more of our plants. I don't know. I saw another app this morning for an AI uh, chat robot that you talk with. Within literally two minutes of research, I found one of the vesters behind them works regularly with InQtel. We're gonna get into NQTEL later, but that is the CIA's hedge fund, which invests in software companies. They're putting a lot of money into artificial intelligence. When we come back from the break, I am going to explain to you why gig work is near and dear to my heart and why it is important that we delve deep into this and understand the world of gig work and what is coming with this frictionless shopping trend.
2: You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv.
3: All right, folks, we are back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard. We're just uh, done in segment one, discussing a little bit about Elon Musk's Cybernetic Collective, where all of us, every human in this world is helping these technocratic elites, these oligarchs build the AI hive mind with every interaction that we make with technology. All of that data is being loaded into giant servers, into the cloud. What's the cloud? What's the cloud? It's just the information passing through Wi-Fi and eventually gets to their servers and the data is stored and the data is processed and they build algorithms that help them train the artificial intelligence so that one day they can have Ray Kurzweil's dream and Elon Musk's dream and Yuval Harari's dream of this AI hive mind neocortex in the cloud of which I don't believe our brains, but their brains will be connected to this AI hive mind and they will have access to all of the knowledge, all of the information on demand through Elon Musk's brain chip called Neuralink of which he wants to drill a hole in the back of their skull connect it in and has Bluetooth with two to three centimeter wires that will plug into the brain and it will transmit information and knowledge to them in real time. Does that sound crazy? Yes, it is. And we will get into that in episode five. The scary part is, according to Dennis Bushnell, chief scientist at NASA, a big fan of Elon Musk, in 2018, he admitted to in a speech that there were over 200,000 humans on the planet with brain chips in their head. And he credits Elon Musk for helping normalize brain chips through his company, Neuralink. But now, what I want to do, before I get too far off-topic, this is a PDF copy of Klaus Schwab's 2016 book, The False Industrial Revolution. And so, in The False Industrial Revolution, Klaus Schwab discusses gig work, of which he calls it The Human Cloud. Now. There were people doing gig work before March 2020, which is the time that COVID land kicked off and our lives have never been the same. Many people did Uber. Many people did Lyft. Those are two taxi service companies. There were a lot of people doing grocery delivery and then fast food delivery through DoorDash and Grubhub and such. But this industry boomed. It boomed during COVID. And we will show those numbers later in this episode. But right now, let's take a look at section 3.1.3, The Nature of Work. Again, this is Klaus Schwab's 2016 book, The False Industrial Revolution. Today, the on-demand economy is fundamentally altering our relationship with work and the social fabric in which it is embedded. More employers are using the, quote, human cloud, end quote, to get things done. Professional activities are dissected into precise assignments and discrete projects and then thrown into a virtual cloud of aspiring workers located anywhere in the world. This is the new on-demand economy, where providers of labor are no longer employees in the traditional sense, but rather independent workers who perform specific tasks do you hear that this is the new on-demand economy where providers of labor okay are no longer employees in the traditional sense but rather independent workers who perform specific tasks so he's saying the employers will no longer employ employees because everyone is going to be an independent contractor and we are going to move down to section Ah, here it is, same section, 3.1.3, The Nature of Work. Now, I will tell you as someone who has read this book multiple times, uh, listened to the audiobook a couple of times while driving around in my car, that the fourth industrial revolution is almost a, call it a progress report, sort of an annual statement, sort of a state of the union type address to the elites. And basically, Klaus goes through all of the technologies that are uh, tenets of the fourth industrial revolution. Really expanding on the episode one piece we covered from General Electric. He gets into detail about 3D printing, genetic modification, uh, human uh, enhancements, geoengineering, technology, artificial intelligence, autonomous vehicles, gig work, or he, he calls it the hu- human cloud he gets into all of this in this book. It's very important that you read this, but if you don't want to, or the audiobook is too boring, that's fine because we are gonna probably do it over the course of 10 episodes where I am actually going to read the book and analyze it as we go along. So you can wait for that if you are not in the mood to read his book. Some people will say, I don't wanna buy the book because I don't wanna give Klaus Schwab or the World Economic Forum money. I tell you this. It does not matter money does not matter to these people this is about power this is about control this is about hacking humanity this is about playing God Uh, the $20 you'd give them for the book means nothing you can get a free PDF copy online if you want that here we go let me read from the book the advantages for companies and particularly fast-growing startups in the digital economy are clear As human cloud platforms classify workers as self-employed, they are, for the moment, free of the requirement to pay minimum wages, employer taxes, and social benefits. You see, that's what they're pushing with this gig economy. And it's not an organic gig economy. This is orchestrated. You will see soon, uh, probably in the next segment, who is behind some of these companies. But what they're saying is, by turning everyone into independent contractors, uh, in here, Klaus says self-employed. That's in 2016, they refine that, now they call you an independent contractor. What what I try to tell the people in the gig industry, and and we'll get into a little bit about how I got involved with that, but what I tell them, you're not really self-employed, you are actually being abused, okay? You are out there using your vehicle, paying for the gas, paying for the insurance, and the wear and tear on your vehicle, right? You only get jobs when they come up on your phone, call a gig, you know, or a batch in Instacart, or an order in some of the fast food delivery uh, apps. But... The orders only come in based on if that system, if that app wants to send you orders. So there's times you could be sitting in a parking lot for hours at a time waiting for an order while you're not being paid. The other thing is you're not really self-employed and you're not really an entrepreneur as many people in that field like to believe they are because you are not building a book of business. Meaning the customers that you're serving through Instacart, the people that you shop for and deliver to, or the people whose fast food you pick up and drop off to, that's not your customer. That's the customer of Instacart or DoorDash. So you're not building a book of business. So the day that Instacart or DoorDash or any of these companies, Uber or Lyft, if you're driving people around like a taxi driver, decide to kick you off the platform or decide to throttle you and not send you as many orders or as many uh, uh, passengers because they believe you're making too much money, Or they decide to send you an order once a day because they don't like you anymore. You have nothing. All you have is the money that maybe you were willing to save during the time that you worked for them. But they classify it as an independent contractor, as self-employed, so that they can let you go at any time. And so that they can pick and choose what they send you. And so that they can throttle your pay. And Klaus Schwab knows this. In 2016, he is writing this. Again, this is an annual report. This is a state of the union that he is sending out to technologists in the industry that own these companies. None of these companies are started in a garage by somebody like me who wants to serve customers better and get them groceries uh, delivered right away. And I want to help people make money. That is not how these companies work. So... Let me just repeat that so we can move on. As he says, the advantages for companies and particularly fast-growing startups in the digital economy are clear. As human cloud platforms classify workers as self-employed, they are, for the moment, free of requirement to pay minimum wages, employer taxes, and social benefits. That is one of the advantages of the fourth industrial revolution. So, as you can see, Klaus Schwab in his book really thought this out. He goes on to say, although the human cloud is in its infancy, there is already substantial anecdotal evidence that it entails silent offshoring, silent because human cloud platforms are not listed and do not have to disclose their data. See, everything with them is about this secrecy. Everything is about how to screw over the worker. And then people like Klaus Schwab and Yuval Harari, his right-hand man, his prophet, his king philosopher, go out there in front of the World Economic Forum, speaking in front of the most powerful heads of state, most powerful billionaires in the world, the CEOs, heads of unions, heads of trade associations. And they sit there and they give these speeches uh, these fork tongue speeches where they pretend they're looking out for humanity, but when, in fact, they are the people leading the innovation, leading the engineering, leading the architecting, the development, the manufacturing, and the deployment of all of the technologies behind the fourth industrial revolution. So, as he goes on to say, finally, could the development of the human cloud merely accelerate the automation of humans see they look at us as cattle they look at us as robots so are they trying to automate us and and later on I'm going to get into in a future episode a little bit about human autonomy and we are going to do that through a paper that was written over 20 years ago called industrial society and its future I'm going to cover that in a 10-part series as well, because it's very important, and the person who wrote that actually was a futurist that predicted exactly where we are today and warned us of it, warned us of this technological prison planet dystopian nightmare of which we find ourselves in. So, when we come back, we are going to dive into this company called Customate, Customate, My attention was drawn to this the other day when Maria Albanese, broadcaster, co-host on Fridays of the Thomas Paine podcast, and she sent it over to me, and you will see within a matter of minutes, I dissected this company, and I will show you who is behind them. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold, and this is the Dustin Gold Standard.
2: You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv.
3: All right, folks, we are back from the break. I am Dustin Gold, and you're listening to The Dustin Gold Standard. I'm Klaus Schwab, and you're in the false industrial revolution. Right, 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 right. So we talked a little bit about Elon Musk's cybernetic collective. We got into Klaus Schwab's uh, 2016 book, The Fourth Industrial Revolution. And what he was talking about uh, in regards to the human cloud, otherwise known as gig work. And now I want to show you why we decided to do a segment uh, or an episode on this particular topic. Maria Albanese, broadcaster and co host of Friday's Thomas Paine podcast with Mike Moore, sent me this tweet. That is my Twitter handle at Hackable Animal, or you can find me at Dustin Gold Show and hackable animal as an ode to our dear prophet, Yuval Noah Harari, who called us all hackable humans. So, called us, sorry, hackable animals. Well, I like to say that I'm a human. He likes to call us animals. So she sent, uh, Maria sent this this meme for you in the audio, on the audience, it says, we know all of these things. And what it was, was an article from I-24 News English It said, Israeli invention revolutionizes shopping with a smart cart able to securely scan and charge for groceries. As for the shoppers, they need fun. They just need to do their journey, finish it, and go to the car. Raphael Yam, CEO of Customate, tells uh, the news reporter Natasha something. Doesn't really matter. So anyway, Maria sent this to me and drew my attention to it. And you're going to see how we broke down this company. Part of this episode, I want to show you how to do some investigative research for yourself. But um, this is probably the last time I'm going to mention this on this show. So if anyone wants to know how I got into gig work, they can listen to episode four of the Dustin Gold Standard, segment three. This is it right here. So back during COVID, kicked off on march 2020 i had a photography business in nashville a whole entire year's worth of shoots were canceled i was also producing a show for a conservative broadcaster Uh, we had been working together about nine ten months we went down to the border we shot a mini documentary we were doing some really good content we were making some inroads on the solutions that we were trying to push forward on border issues Uh, We had spent some time exposing President Trump, showing that he was not, in fact, building the wall that he claimed he was building, and so I had to pull the plug on that as well because when COVID kicked off, it was kind of ridiculous to be talking about conservative politics and restoring America at a time when it looked like the worldwide Nazi forces had basically shut the entire world down and that these dystopian uh, technocratic oligarchs had a stranglehold on the entire planet. So, I was like, I don't want to go into debt and I don't want to dip into savings. What am I going to do? So, I had talked to a friend of mine who's a comedian who had been doing Uber for several years to, you know, it was good, flexible income to make in between comedy gigs and he was not able to work a regular nine to five or he wouldn't be available to travel for comedy. So, he had said to me right at the beginning of COVID, sign up for Instacart. It's a grocery delivery app. It's the hottest thing going. So I signed up within a couple of days, like anything else I take on, I was running around Nashville, making decent money, able to pay the bills without going into debt. So it worked out great. During that time, a divorce came. And so I decided to stay in gig work. I ended up moving from Nashville to Maryland early last year. COVID land was still happening here in Maryland. People had masks, businesses were shut down. It was crazy. And so and and my divorce was still going on. So I said, okay, I'm going to stick with this gig work. I don't even know if I want to stay in Maryland, but I've got to ride this out until the divorce is done. Then I'll decide if I want to start another business, if I want to go get a job. And so I stayed in gig work. This happened to be a really hot market where I am. And I did very well uh, for six, seven months. And so I know the inner workings of gig work. I use the app daily. I see how they change the app, how they gamify the app. Everything is designed to use us as guinea pigs to basically train this app uh, and, and kind of gather metrics on us because I believe that these gig companies, and we'll prove this in a later show, part of what they're doing is they are developing this app, which is going to be the similar app that everyone is going to get that connects to the government, the, the connected to ESGs, connected to cryptocurrency that's basically going to challenge you every day to do things the government wants you to do in order for you to gain tokens and to win prizes and such. So that's part of what these companies are doing. The other part in which they're doing is they are taking over the grocery industry. And I will tell you there is a store out of uh, Rochester, New York. There's only about 110 of them. It's called Wegmans. It's a family owned uh, business, really good grocery store, has been around for quite a while. And they kind of have a, a Walmart model where they put up a or a Costco model where they have one store every you know, hour radius. And now they're going through a transition where uh, Danny Wegman, who owns it, his two daughters and son are taking over the company and so there's a lot of changes going on for instance all of a sudden in the store they now have no racism signs that look like black lives matter signs they started making gay pride cookies that they sell out of the bakery they are starting to treat the veteran employees not military veteran but veteran employees that have been there a long time people who have worked part-time for this company for several years like shit they're taking away their hours cutting them from say 32 if they were part-time. A lot of these people have full-time jobs and then they work 32 hours at the grocery store. They're cutting these people back from 32 to 10, people that were very loyal to the company. So I saw Wegmans kind of at, at its best last year go to total shit as the children started taking over the company. The other thing that was unique about Wegmans is that inside Wegmans, they had a partnership with Instacart. And Instacart is the largest grocery delivery gig company. They're huge. They actually, up until last month, had a valuation of 40 billion dollars, with a B billion. They reduced that valuation down to about 30 billion. But I read a number of uh, financial articles on that, and it's not really that the company is crashing. This all has to do with how they raise investment capital. But that that's besides the point. But what was unique about Wegmans, and what I got to see the inside of is they had an actual partnership with Instacart. So Instacart, other than also having their gig app, which has, you know, a million shoppers around the country that get these gigs on the app, they go in, they shop the order in these stores, and then you deliver it to the customer. You get paid a little bit from Instacart and you get tipped by the customer. Well, Instacart also sells software as a service. So they have software that runs, uh, many of you are probably familiar with curbside uh, pickup. That's where you place your order online, then you drive up to the curb or into the parking lot, and the employees bring that out and put it in your car. Instacart actually uh, controls a lot of the stores through that software. They also have other software that is like an in in-shopper software where you as a shopper go in the store, you open your phone, you have a QR code, Uh, then you walk around, you scan products, you put it in your cart, then you go up to the self-checkout, you scan the barcode, and it charges you the whole amount, like $200, instead of having to scan an item at a time, which you're doing while you're walking around, so it actually doesn't make any sense and why people buy into it because they think they're saving time at the register when they're not saving any time at all because they're still scanning the products while they're walking around. But there's other technology that actually outdoes that technology. But inside Wegmans... They were partnered with Instacart, so they had a Wegmans uh, section in Wegmans called a staging area. That's where they have a lot of coolers and shelves. So Wegmans split. They had store employees that actually worked for the store. They would go around in the store and shop orders that were then bagged up and brought out for curbside delivery. But then they also had a crew of Instacart employees. These people would get paid a flat $15 an hour who would walk around and shop orders, bag them up, and then what would happen is people like myself, the contractors, the self-employed, as Klaus Schwab calls them, would come and pick up those orders and then deliver it to a house. Or we would be what's called a full-service shopper, where we would come in, shop the whole order, and deliver it to the house. Why they were doing it all this way was confusing, and a lot of it has to do with their valuation and when they go public, when they IPO. Uh, how much money they're spending, how much money they're saving and such. It's complicated, it doesn't really matter. But I got to talk a lot to the manager who worked for Instacart, who was not really happy with the company. And over about a year and a couple of months, I learned so much information about Instacart and also so much information about grocery supply chains from all the store uh, produce manager, meat manager and such. But one of the things that was going on a few months ago is that Instacart had this, their store manager, walking around the store with her phone, scanning the entire store. It took her about a week. And I said, uh, I would watch her scan part of the store and then have to restart her phone and scan again, scan again. And I said to her, hey, I know tech a little bit. Why are you having to rescan this produce area 10 times? And she said, well, when someone walks into the frame, it screws up the 3D scan. And I said, okay, well, why don't they have you come in at night uh, after the store closes or after 9 o'clock when the store really slows down? And she said, well, I'm dealing with Israeli engineers, and they don't work those hours, so I have to work on their schedule because they're the higher-paid people, and they won't work on our schedule. So I went home, called Maria Albanese. We did some research into Israeli companies providing 3D scanning services for grocery stores and we found a lot of information Uh, I'm not going to get into that today because we're going to focus on this custom and then more on Instacart but other things I found out was that Instacart and I've now been able to verify this because they're starting to publish information is building warehouses around the country very similar to Amazon warehouses if you're lucky enough you have one of those monstrous disgusting things in your area basically the size of an entire city in one warehouse. But they're building warehouses all around the country because they're going to cut out the retail grocery stores, have the uh, supply go right to the warehouse, then have shoppers, which will be then replaced, this is true, will then be replaced by robots that will shop all of the groceries inside the warehouse that'll be bagged up and then a driver an independent contractor will pick it up and drive it to the house but the goal is to eventually replace them with autonomous vehicles and or autonomous drones this is a hundred percent true you can actually look up articles and verify this yourself so i heard it from the inside before this was published, and then it was published, so now I'm talking about it. So yeah, the goal is eventually, everything will be in giant warehouses, all the food supply, which is one of the reasons, not the only reason, but one of the reasons why I believe they're getting rid of, they're gonna be getting rid of meat, uh, like you know chicken and steak and such, and move to this lab-based Impossible Burger stuff, because then when you order a steak or you order burgers, the robot can pick that. There's no more interaction between the customer and someone like me who took pride in what I did, even though it was grocery delivery. Who would say, "Hey, I'm ordering ribeye steaks. I want them a little grainier. I want them a little fattier. I want them, you know, darker." Well, that's all going to be gone, and there's all a reason for that, and um, and that's you know what we're facing. So Instacart is in the process of uh, taking all the food, moving it to warehouses, and eventually. The goal over the next few years is basically to downsize this retail brick-and-mortar market almost to the point where it's gone. You're seeing this actually happen with banks all across the country. You're seeing it happen with stores like AT&T, Verizon, and we'll talk a little bit about that in future episodes. The, the AT&T has actually been selling off all their stores to these independent owners and then their goal is eventually they're going to close the stores and you're only going to be able to deal with AT&T online or talking to some Filipino on a phone. So, you could say goodbye to the brick and mortar industry. As you could say goodbye to me because I am going to take a quick break. My name is Dustin Gold and this is the Dustin Gold
2: Standard.
3: all right folks we are back we are back i just wanted to mention something to you that i forgot in the beginning of the show at the end of episode three i told you guys how the entire technocracy is one giant paper tiger because their entire prison planet relies on the internet relies on electricity so if the internet if the satellites transmitting down to the receivers on earth wherever gone that their entire prison planet their entire technocratic system would be over and i said i have all this equipment in my house in my studio and it does not work without electricity well yesterday i went to record this show and uh, we had a huge rain thunder lightning storm coming through and my wife was trying to work in her office and i was trying to work in my office and boom internet down get it back up and running, get the computers fired back up, internet down. So finally yesterday I said, uh, man, this would be great if a storm could knock out the technology of the technocracy, which it basically did because it took out my internet. So for a while I was not transmitting data into their cloud to help build their AI hive mind. So I did my part yesterday, thanks to mother nature and the storm. Now, what we are going to do right now is we are going to watch a couple of videos i want to show you what this company custom does and what this frictionless shopping looks like so that we can discuss this company and then i'm going to show you uh, and explain to you how i dissect these companies and, and hopefully will help you be able to do this with companies you're about to do business with or companies you don't understand. And then you'll eventually be able to send me your research on pain.tv and we can share information. And if you did a really good deep dive, I'll bring you on as a guest uh, on the show, or you can pass me information and I'll try to look at it and put it into uh, put it into an episode. So first I'm going to show you uh, just this goofy guy explaining the custom technology so that you have a full understanding of it. I'm here today at one of the largest supermarket chains in Israel,
1: Johananov. We're here today to see the launch of the revolutionary smart cart that has been working in the real world for over 12 months now, and is about to take the supermarket retail sector by storm. It's worth noting that Johan are introducing hundreds of smart carts for daily use in all their stores nationwide. And we're here today to examine whether it really works. And if it does, what do we gain from it? So let's get going. So as you can see, this is an absolutely ordinary cart, but it has very extraordinary features. Let's start from the top.
3: Now, I'm going to pause this for a second for the audio only audience. Uh, what this guy has is a shopping cart and up in the area where you'd normally sit a child there's a tablet like a flat screen and it's got a QR UPC gun scanner gun and then a scale and so as you're gonna see like I told you you're not really saving any time as the customer because you're scanning and weighing everything while you're walking around which you would do when you go to self-checkout or you have to wait in line so you're not saving any time but Amazon has a similar product in their Amazon Fresh stores, and I'm not sure if they rolled it out yet in Whole Foods, which they own, but I believe it's there. But there's another technology, which Maria and I researched when we were talking, uh, when I talked to the Instacart manager that I mentioned in the last segment, who told me uh, all about the scanning technology she was using to scan the store, and I was trying to figure out why. That's a system where they actually install 3D cameras all over the store, and then it's processed into a CGI. So you're basically walking around in a real life metaverse and every product that you pick up is assigned to you. When you put it down or take it out of the cart or put it back on a shelf, it's, it's not. So like theft go- will be gone because anything you touch and walk out with it automatically charges your card. So basically the way it works is you would walk into the store with a phone, your QR code would be assigned to your account. It basically reads your QR code and then you walk around the store, whatever you put in your arms and then your bag, you walk out with you are just automatically getting charged. Let's go back to this goofball. So we have a touch screen connected
1: to a special scanner that acts as our mobile cash register. The card is equipped with special cameras that identify the product and scan the barcodes of the various products. One of the most important and unique features of this card is the scale. The scale is highly sensitive and allows you to add any item from the supermarket into your cart, from fruits and vegetables, to drinks or special items from the deli, directly into your cart. There you go. The scale not only weighs the product, but also makes sure that the scanned and inserted item is at the appropriate weight. That means that if you accidentally put your child in the cart or your bag, the scale will identify it.
3: And you'll receive an alert on the screen to remove them yeah if you accidentally put your child in the cart uh but no so so he's showing you this technology showing you how it works and you're putting everything in the cart now you have to say to yourself each of the systems installed on that cart i mean that's a big ipad there's a computer processor in there there's cameras there's a scanner gun there's a scale i mean i don't think they they've got to be charging two three four maybe five thousand dollars for these to the store so you'd have to say to yourself why would a store like Wegmans go and buy say a hundred of these carts and spend if they're a thousand dollars each it's a hundred thousand if they're five thousand each that's a half a million dollars well the only way they're going to do that is they're making it up on one loss prevention, so not as many things get stolen, and two, they're going to be able to get rid of all the employees. There will be no more employees working at the front register, of which we knew was coming for a long time, and of which Klaus Schwab discusses in his book, The Fourth Industrial Revolution. And so you you had to say, okay, well, this is it. They're phasing out humans. But we know that's coming. Now we're just proving it. I'd like to introduce you to Shirley, a customer who's already used the smart card, and we'd love
1: to hear what Shirley thinks. Hi, Shirley. Shalom. Hi, Shalom. Tell me a bit about your experience with the smart card.
0: Uh, I just love the smart card. Really, just made my life so much easier. For a busy mother like me, uh, going to do the family shopping is so time-consuming, and there's never enough hours in the day. So. The smart card, before the smart card, coming here would take a few hours. You, you're packing, unpacking, um,
3: stand- Now, this is, uh, explaining the smart card, this goofy guy sort of doing this review video on it. And obviously it took me about one minute to realize that woman was an actress, but you can continue listening to her. Cause I want you to understand the level of, as we talked about in episodes one through three, adoption, the beginning of getting you to accept and eventually adopt the technology and use it in your life, you may hate it in the beginning, but eventually you're gonna use it. And they know that. Being
0: in line, packing again. So it's all such a waste of time. With the smart card, I'm in and out in a flash. I can have all my deli meat pre-ordered in advance. And when finished, just walk out the door. It's just amazing.
1: That's great, Shirley. I'm really glad you're making your life a little bit easier for yourself. Is there anything else you find helpful when using the smart cart?
3: It just makes my whole shopping experience do more pleasant. Did you hear her? Uh, did you hear like what he said to her? Oh, I'm so glad you're making your life so much easier. Oh, what, that I'm going around having to weigh and scan uh, all of the products in which I would normally bring up to the front end and an employee would do that for me. By the way, In the Wegmans version of this, you have an app on your phone. There's no device attached to the cart. And you walk around the store and you scan the items with your phone. It's the same way the Instacart app works. And while you're doing it, you're bagging up your groceries. And then when you get to the register, you scan the QR code, it charges you for the entire order. But see, you did all the bagging as well.
0: One. Actually, Another cool feature of the card is that it's it's offering me real-time pricing and discounts as I go along. So, right. <laughs> you know, every shekel counts. And who doesn't love discounts?
1: Thank you, Charlie.
3: Yeah, so to the uh, audio-only audience, what they're doing is they were showing kind of a schematic of the store with little discounts popping up all over the place so that this device attached to the cart can show you where all the sales are. Well, it definitely seems like this cart is a
1: game changer at the supermarket. The cart frees up a lot of valuable space for the supermarket and allows the supermarket owner to add a wider array of products. Can I just add something? Sure. Uh, You know,
0: this cart, Works twenty-four hours a day, so you can imagine my husband can come back from work, and even though all the cashiers went to sleep, and then there is only one supervisor, he can come here, pick up some stuff on his way back home,
1: in, even in the small hours of the morning.
3: That's amazing. Yeah, so what they're saying, yeah. when all the cashiers go to sleep, my husband could come back here and uh, go shopping. Because my husband is an idiot, and he doesn't know how to shop without this new piece of technology. Because, you know, everyone before this technology came out was a retard for the last 14 million years. Oh, just a bunch of retards. And they can't do anything without this, without this uh, cart. And so that's, that's basically how they're trying to make you feel. That's all part of the adoption campaign.
1: Surely. Thank you, Thank you. Again. So, that's the smart card developed by A to Z. It should be noted that it's in the process of registering as an international patent, and there's no doubt that within a couple of years, this will be the most smart, efficient, and pleasant way to shop at your local supermarket. Back to you at the studio, Eitan. I need to do some grocery shopping.
3: Okay, okay. So you got to see this little piece of propaganda for this Customate. And um, for the audio only audience, that's C U S T number two, numerical two, M A T E, Customate. So you can look that up if you want to. But you got to see the video. They're really pushing this. It's the beginning of the adoption. They say, oh, even in the middle of the night, you can go out, you you can go out in the middle of the night and you can go shopping when the cashiers are asleep. What cashiers? There will be no cashiers. That's the whole point of this. One, this is what we call the great reset and leading into the fourth industrial revolution and leading into the fourth industrial era. So first they have to reset the entire systems. That's why you're seeing gas lines blowing up. That's why you're seeing cows dying everywhere. These people are resetting the system to usher in their solution, which is technology. Remember, create the problem, provoke the reaction, and then offer the solution. So that customing. When we come back, we're going to look at another short video, and then I am going to show you who is behind Customate and their parent company, A to Z. I am Dustin Gold, and this is the
2: Dustin Gold Standard. More listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on TV.
3: Hmm. Alright folks, I am Dustin Gold and this is the Dustin Gold Standard We are about to take a deep dive a deep dive into customate Just a friendly little smart cart shopping company we're going to take a deep dive into customate i'm going to show you who is behind them what their parent company a to z is involved with and then we're going to take a little stroll into instacart and i'm going to show you who is behind american gig worker company instacart but first, I want to show you, um, this is another custom-made video that features their CEO. So I want you to get a little feel for this gentleman. Let's take a look right now.
5: So A2Z is a company that mostly focus on smart card solutions. And why smart cards? Smart cards is coming to solve the issues that we have today that for the last 20, 30 years, no new technology was introduced to the store except of Safe Checkout. So we created a mobile Safe Checkout, and by that we created the three layers of solution. First layer, it's a mobile Safe Checkout. You take the cart as a shopper, put the items in, pay, go out. Easy as that. As for the retailers, it's a very secure solution which creates beautiful upsells and targeted promotions. Second layer of the solution will be application marketplace such as payment gateway, coupon engines, instant navigation and more and more application to be added in order to create more benefits to the retailers in one hand and facilitate and fun process for the shoppers. And last but not least is the big data analyzer. So this is a three layer of solution which is going to change the entire game of retail tech. In 2021, our focus was in two dimensions. The first one was to create the best retail tech team in the world. Second was to create the best solution for the retail market, focusing on mass production. In the near future, we will see more and more pilots that will be installed all over the world. In addition, we will create more and more contracts with partners to support our products, to maintain it, implement it, and be our boots in the ground all over the world. And in addition, we will have more and more application partners to create more benefits to the retailers. Being listed in TSX Venture Exchange created a beautiful exposure for us to raise money. It helped us to get new prospects all over the world. It changed us from being a startup to being in a mature company.
3: All right, folks. So there's a little more. That was the CEO of Customate talking for the video audience. You got to see him. For the audio audience, you did not. So right now I have opened Customate's uh, website. And uh, let's just look a little bit. Meet the Customate management team about... Uh, creating innovative solutions for complex challenges that's what made a to z smart technologies a leader now when maria sent me customate and i'm going to just tell you a little bit how how you do this investigation so she sends me customate on that tweet and so i look up customate i watch those couple of videos that i just showed you i said okay who's behind customate so you find a page on their website like this about section and it says right here, that's what made A to Z smart technologies a leader. Now we're leveraging the know-how from more than three decades of designing sophisticated systems for Israel's security and law enforcement forces. You hear that? Now we're leveraging the know-how from more than three decades of designing sophisticated systems for Israel's security and law enforcement forces. To power our way into the civilian market. Hm. ADC's flagship products range from advanced automotive fire prevention systems to the world's first proven in-use mobile self-checkout shopping carts, remote-controlled bomb disposal, and firefighting robots and unique portable energy smart packs. Whether revolutionizing retail sales or protecting people, we focus on saving time, saving money, and saving lives. Now, I don't know, but that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, We are garbage men, and we also launch rockets to Mars. Whether we're traveling to Mars or traveling to the town dump, we are always doing something at Gold Productions okay so now what I do is I go and I open up crunchbase.com and crunchbase I could usually find some financial news and so I go through crunchbase and I look into customate and I try to find a little bit more information about them I find out they're headquartered in uh, Israel uh, they are focused on this smart shopping. So I dig a little deeper and I find this AP article, Associated Press. And this article is from November 19th, 2020. It says, A to Z Smart Technologies provides additional information on its previously announced financing of $8,344,000 Canadian to the acquisition of of customate ltd and so it says tel aviv israel november 19 2020 a to z smart technologies corporation an innovative project and technology company specializing in state-of-the-art automation and electronics is pleased to provide additional information regarding its previously announced private placement financing in the amount of roughly eight million Canadian dollars and its acquisition of control of custom LTD, a private limited liability company with operations in Israel. And so I go, okay, well, that, that goes to show us exactly what we're looking for, that A to Z Smart Technologies Corporation owns the custom shopping cart now. The shopping cart, you know, software, the shopping cart company. So then I find on Securities uh, report that A to Z Smart Technologies Corporation is an innovative technology company based out of Israel, specializing in military technology and expanding into the civilian markets. A to Z has been operating for over 30 years and has a client base with 75 reoccurring clients, including the Israel Defense Forces, Security Forces, and Ministry of Defense, among others. A to Z plans to leverage their cash flow generating core business to expand into the civilian robotics and automobile markets. But see, it's more complicated than that. Because you say this company who is making all of this money on, on uh, Israeli defense contracts and such... Is all of a sudden going to get into consumer electronics and the first space they decide to get into is adding a computer and a scale and a scanner gun onto a shopping cart and somehow convincing grocery stores to spend in the range of i'm guessing one to ten thousand dollars for one of these shopping carts it doesn't make a lot of sense there has to be more behind it and you would ask yourself why a contractor for the israeli defense forces is now involved in the grocery business at the same time when Maria Albanese and I researched a few months ago, this Israeli company that was doing the 3D scanning inside of the Wegman store through the Instacart manager, that we found that that company was also working with Israeli intelligence and Israeli defense. See, the deeper you dig behind these technologies that we want to believe are just there to make our lives more convenient, We always find either the quote-unquote private sector guys, you know, like Bill Gates, Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, Peter Thiel, Jeff Bezos. Or you actually find these contractors where maybe the name of the CEO, like Elon Musk and those guys, isn't as known to you. But you find out that these CEOs and their companies are doing government military-industrial complex, and or intelligence and or artificial intelligence contracts for their respective governments. Take a look at this article on Access Wire. A to Z Smart Technologies awarded new contract from Israel's defense forces. This is from September 2020, around the same time that they're getting into the purchase of Customate. A to Z Smart Technologies, Inc., an innovative technology company specializing in state-of-the-art automation and electronics technology, is pleased to announce it has been awarded a new contract with the Israeli Defense Forces for service and maintenance of special logistical advanced technologies at a key and strategic base located in central Israel. The total contract value is not fixed and is dependent on orders received from the IDF for service calls, maintenance, and hardware based on their ongoing needs. You see, these companies... And uh, let's just look, for instance, at someone like Jeff Bezos, who owns Amazon, who also owns the Washington Post, who also happens to have multi-hundred million dollar contracts with the CIA, housing all of their data. And what did I tell you over episodes one through three, what the CIA is doing, what they actively are promoting? They want to be the leaders in artificial intelligence. Well, what did Ray Kurzweil, what did Yuval Harari, what did Elon Musk tell you? that they need large amounts of data to run the artificial intelligence. So Amazon, who has servers, Amazon Cloud Server and such, are running the data servers for the CIA to store the very data that they are collecting on all of us to run their AI hive mind projects. Do you see how this works? Do you see it? Do you see, it's a revolving door of these supposed private sector guys running these companies that have huge contracts. Elon Musk is basically the head of NASA now with the contracts he has. You see how it works? They use the private sector guys that are really the oligarchs of our government. They're controlling huge sectors, huge contracts, huge amounts of money. People like Bezos, Musk, Zuckerberg, Bill Gates, They trade places as the richest men on earth every other day. It's musical chairs of the creepiest, richest men on earth. And their companies are floated by tax subsidies and government contracts. Just a little more here, and then we're going to move on in the next segment. Look at this A to Z now. We're on their website, security and military robotics and UGVs. And uh, for over 30 years, A to Z has been developing, manufacturing, sophisticated and unmanned counter-terrorism and bomb disposal robotic platforms for the military, HLS, and law enforcement. A to Z's robotics utilize complex electronic systems and robust mechanics proven in use under the most demanding conditions by Israel's security forces. Counterterrorism military robots. I mean, bomb diffusing robots unmanned firefighting robots and now they're doing shopping carts i mean are you kidding me this is a piece i found here this is a pdf that's there was a powerpoint and a presentation on their company uh, applying proven military grade technologies to key commercial sectors and i decided that i was not going to go through this in depth and in detail myself Because uh, it would involve too much work and this is for one show I don't want to really make this my life's mission to uh, to go through this but I will post this up on pain.tv if you guys feel like digging into it uh, the audience behind the paywall but it goes into uh, counterterrorism, robots and battery packs and fuel tank inertia capsules all kinds of stuff and now they are in charge of building the scanning machines attached to your grocery cart in the grocery store. Folks, this stuff is absolutely crazy. When we get back, I am going to show you who's behind Instacart. You won't believe it, so stay right there. I am Dustin Gold, and this is the Dustin
2: Gold Standard. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash Gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.TV.
3: All right, folks, we are back. We are back for another segment of the Dustin Gold Standard right here on TV. I am Dustin Gold, and I am showing you Israeli defense contractor behind the wonderful world of frictionless shopping. And an article that I just pulled up for you, I want you to know you should be happy about this folks. If anything, the last hour I explained to you this great technology, this frictionless shopping, where you could walk around the store and scan your own stuff and uh, help the grocery store fire all the human employees and the cashiers that work hard every day is that now customate uh is in the united states israeli based smart cart provider customate has announced partnership with evergreen kosher market a kosher supermarket chain with locations in new york and new jersey the pilot will begin at evergreen's uh, Monsey, new york location so you could get Make your way out to New York and uh, have a fun time walking around with a custom-made smart card owned by A to Z, an Israeli defense contractor. That will be a lot of fun. Okay, now what we're going to do, I don't want to waste a lot of time here, folks. We are going to jump into Instacart, which is the U.S.-based gig work app where a shopper, an independent contractor, goes out and they shop for your groceries, and then they deliver it to your house so i had mentioned earlier how instacart uh, recently cut its valuation and so i have the article up on the screen but i just want to show you uh as of a couple months ago their valuation was 39 billion dollars now they did have a boom in business during the covid era and as that's faded instacart has slowed down a little bit but their valuation and, and they're a private company but their valuation was 39 billion and then they devalued down to 24 billion but still 24 billion dollars and there's been rumblings inside instacart from some of the information i got from managers who work for the instacart company as well as uh, public articles the instacart is prepping to ipo they're prepping to go public so sometimes that is the reason why they start uh, changing their valuation numbers it all has to do with what they want to open up with their stock price and instacart for instance, just laid off all of their workers inside the Wegmans store. So Wegmans has about 110 stores and there was about eight to 10 Instacart workers. These are $15 an hour employees working inside of Wegmans. They would get orders, do shopping, bag them up, and then independent contractors like myself would come pick up that order from what's called the staging area and deliver it. Well, Instacart, because it came out uh, about a month before it occurred, Uh, admitted they were going to lay these people off. So they said to these employees, look, if you stick it out to your last day, we're going to give you guys a bonus. (laughs) I was at the store a couple of days ago and I found out that the best, the highest bonus was $75. But most people, yeah, you heard me right, $75. But most people got screwed out of the bonus Because Instacart made up excuses like, well, you were shopping the order too slow, or, well, you didn't replace an item that the customer would have liked to have replaced. So, that's what Instacart uh, thinks of the employees at Instacart. Now, let me just show you, because I want you to understand how big Instacart is and why we're talking about this. And then we're going to show you who's actually behind Instacart. So... The people who actually, uh, like myself, what I did, the independent contractors, what you're called is a shopper. So Instacart shoppers from 2014 to 2021. In 2014, Instacart had about 5,000 shoppers. In 2021, they claimed to have 600,000 shoppers. Well, we had heard at the end of last year they were onboarding another million. So my personal belief, and based on the market I worked in and knowing how many shoppers there were, I'm guessing that Instacart has anywhere between one and two million shoppers nationwide. Now, the numbers I looked at uh, recently, it was something crazy, like 40% of people of working age in the United States are using gig work either part-time or full-time right now. That's how big this human cloud, as Klaus Schwab calls it in his 2016 book, The Fourth Industrial Revolution. Uh, He says that it's, uh, you know, back in 2016, it was going to be a booming industry because you didn't have to pay employees like employees. You treat them like self-employed independent contractors. And so that is what they're doing. So look at Instacart. From 14 to 21, that's seven years, it went from 5,000 shoppers to 600,000 shoppers. Uh, As far as... Grocery companies, in 2017, Instacart had 165. These are like uh, grocery stores, uh, and, and, and they went on. So like, for instance, if they have Publix, Publix has 1,100 stores. So Publix only counts once, not as 1,100. So in 2017, they had 165. In 2021, they had 750. I mean, it's, let's see, Instacart cities available. In 2016, they had 25 cities. In 2020, they have 5,500 cities. So all I'm showing you is that Instacart is everywhere. Now, this is an article from July 26, 2021. Grocery delivery giant Instacart taps Israel's fabric for automated fulfillment. And I wanted to show you this because this has a little bit to do with what Maria Albanese and I investigated a couple of months ago. And I'm just starting to lay the foundation of the connection between these tech companies, the CEOs, the investors behind them, the governments behind them, the government entities behind them, the countries behind them. Online grocery platform Instacart, a leading delivery and pickup provider across the United States and Canada, has tapped Israeli-founded warehouse automation logistics startup Fabric as a fulfillment automation partner the companies announced late last week. And again, they're also using an Israeli company who is handling the 3D scanning of the stores that allows Instacart to then have their app change in real time so the shopper knows what aisle and where the products are located, which I've been told, and this is from Instacart Insiders that work for the company, that that particular program is so that eventually robots... Uh, could go down aisles and pick off products of shelves, meaning the in-store shoppers they just laid off. And then even someone like myself called a full service shopper, I told you I get the order, I go in, I shop the whole thing and then I check out and I deliver it, will be replaced by robots that are gonna pick products off the shelves. As I said earlier, Instacart is in the process of building warehouses across the country so they can cut out the retail partner and the products will just go to their warehouses. But there's also talks that Instacart may be buying some of these stores that already have the products and then turning those into warehouses that will be closed to the public. And therefore, the robots are being trained to go down the aisles and be able to pick the products off the shelves. Now, I will tell you, the woman who was the Instacart manager who was forced to scan the store, who was a really nice person, I've known her for about a year, She got done scanning the store. Two weeks later, she found out, laid off, done, out of here. Now, let's take a look at Crunchbase. Crunchbase Crunchbase.com, that is always where I go to kind of get a first glimpse behind these companies. So, I looked up Instacart. Customers can choose from a variety of local stores, including Safeway, Whole Foods, which is, they do not have a partnership with Whole Foods anymore because Amazon has their own program. Superfresh, Harris Teeter, Shaw's, uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, we also do Costco, Publix, Kroger, Giant, all the A-hold stores. Customers can mix items from multiple stores into one order. Instacart has raised, this is important, this is where we're going to go. Instacart has raised funding from Kleiner, Perkins, Caulfield, and Byers, Andreessen Horowitz, Sequoia Capital, Y Combinator, Koshla Ventures, and Canon Partners, besides other participants. These are all the people that put money behind Instacart. These are the people that own Instacart. These are the people that have seats on the board of Instacart. These are the people that make the decisions about where the company is going, what they're going to do. These are the people that have the power. And so... When we get back from this break, I am going to show you who is behind the people that are behind Instacart, who is behind Kleiner, Perkins, Caulfield, and Byers, who is behind Andreessen Horowitz, who is behind Sequoia Capital, who is behind Y Combinator, who is behind Kochla Ventures, and who is behind Canon Partners what other companies what other entities what other groups have these investment companies done deals with who is really influencing instacart these technocracy companies the companies that klaus schwab loves so much and mentions in his book the fourth industrial revolution right who are the people behind these companies who pull the strings where does the money come from? When we get back, you will find out. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard.
2: You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.TV. Join the discussion at Pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.TV. Ah, folks, it's Dustin Gold
3: with the Dustin Gold Standard. And I am drinking some lovely tea from my dear daddy Father's Day mug from my wife. And our baby's been kicking in her belly. It's anxious to get out there and fight these technocrats. And that's what we are doing here every day at the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.TV. And we are grateful to Commander Payne, Mike Moore over at the Thomas Payne podcast and to all the wonderful contributors on pain.tv including maria albanese vm Legalman, and others so as we ended the last segment i got into some of the investors the prominent investment companies behind instacart the u.s grocery shopping cloud-based human cloud gig app that i happen to have worked for for a couple of years so what i need to do before i get into who is behind those companies is i need to explain to you the audience what in is i'm sure many of you have heard of it i'm sure many of you have looked it up but i know a lot of people in my life in particular fox news conservatives Tucker Carlson watchers, people that I used to refer to as Bill O'Reilly conservatives, that when you bring this up to them, you're some kind of conspiracy theorist. Although it's real, although it's really real, they don't hide it. They have websites. They actively promote it. But because it's not on Fox News and because Tucker Carlson does not cover it, then it is not real. Folks, in-q-tell, and I am on Wikipedia right now just to give you quick little summary and then i will pull up inqtel's website for you inqtel or iqt formerly Palius and iq it is an american not-for-profit venture capital firm based in arlington virginia okay it invests in high-tech companies to keep the central intelligence agency and other intelligence agencies Equipped with the latest in information technology in support of United States intelligence capability. The name InQtel is an intentional reference to Q, the fictional inventor who supplies technology to James Bond. You heard me right? InQtel is the CIA's hedge fund that invests in. High tech companies, in order to keep the CIA and other intelligence agencies equipped with the latest IT. For those of you who did not know this, it should be a major surprise. Why is the CIA investing in tech companies? Well, as we go on, you will see that the CIA, through InQtel, is not only investing in tech companies, they fund startups. They also come in and hijack companies using leverage combined with threats because they are, in fact, backed by the United States government. The firm is seen as a trend center in an information technology industry, with the average dollar invested by InQtel in 2016 attracting $15 from other investors. Why? Because if the government invests, if the CIA invests, Well, the chances of that company succeeding are pretty damn good. I wonder if companies like Tesla, Google, Facebook, and the rest of these major tech behemoths have in money behind them. And if so, how much the stock market is rigged in their favor. Well, I know Peter Thiel has a company called Palantir that trades on the stock market It was started with an in investment folks we are beyond the public-private partnership this is the cia directly starting technology companies that are then pushed out into the public with a cutesy little marketing campaign and some quirky ceo like elon musk delivered to us so we eat it up and we adopt the technology as i've been saying through episodes one through three i am now on IQT.org. This is NQTEL's website. Innovation on a mission. Visionary startups, experienced VCs, dedicated government professionals. NQTEL leads from the center of this matrix, connecting cutting edge technology, strategic investments, and purpose to enhance and advance national security for the U.S. and its allies. I am now clicking on about iq2 and i will read this to you because it is rather important the beginning NQTEL was founded in 1999 as the global technological evolution is underway the internet is widely available mobile applications are launching and the digital revolution has arrived again they started in 1999 the CIA and government agencies, once innovation leaders, recognized they were missing out on the cutting edge, innovative, and impactful technologies coming out of Silicon Valley and beyond. Combining the security savvy of government with the can do curiosity of Silicon Valley, InQtel was born, right? So the CIA said, wait a second, there's going to be innovators innovating. Let's go shake them down, take over their. Companies. Now that you know a little bit about InQtel, and we will do an entire episode, at least one, on InQtel, let's start to take a look at some of the companies that are behind Instacart. Okay, here we go. Let's take a look. As I mentioned earlier, the first company that was behind Instacart was Kleiner Perkins Caulfield and Byers. Didn't take long to find this article on the Silicon Valley Business Journal. It's a long article, I only need to highlight a tiny bit. Three of IncuTel's Oh, there they are. Three of IncuTel's are partners at Silicon Valley venture firms whose portfolio companies have received INQTEL investments. Peter Barris of New Enterprise Associates, Ted Schlein of Kleiner Perkins Caulfield and Byers. Up oh, there we go. In QTel invested in this investment firm that's invested in Instacart. Wow. That did not take long. Here we go. Andreessen Horowitz. Let's take a look at Andreessen Horowitz. Andreessen Horowitz, this is an article on techcrunch.com. Andreessen Horowitz leads a $5.7 million round in analytics platform for Hadoop Data Platforma. Platforma, a startup focused on bringing businesses intellig- from intelligence from big data, raised $5.7 million in Series A funding. Andreessen Horowitz with intelligence technology company incutel participating. Andreessen Horowitz general partner Scott Weiss is joining the bar- board as part of the investment. So there's Andreessen Horowitz, right? in bed with Incutel. Let's look at Sequoia Capital. Sequoia Capital is behind Instacart. Sequoia Capital. I went through a number of their partners. Uh, There's so many that I could not even do them all here, nor would I want to. So we want to look at a guy named Keller Renato, uh, who is famous for this company, Zipline. So, we founded Zipline to build a new kind of logistics for the planet. Today, Zipline delivers 70% of the national blood supply of Rwanda outside of Kigali using autonomous aircraft. Our ultimate goal is to put each human on the planet within a 15 to 20 minute delivery of any essential medical product they need, no matter where they live. Zipline's customers are governments, pharmaceutical companies, and a large logistics network. We are a team, but, 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 but we are funded by some of the top investors in the world, including Sequoia Capital and Driesen Horowitz. Again, in Driesen Horowitz, we just tied to InQtel. We're talking about Sequoia Capital now. Google Ventures, Google Ventures is basically just the government, and Stanford University. Now, this guy who runs Zipline, which is a main company out of uh, Sequoia Capital, went to Harvard where he built molecular uh, DNA computers that can be manufactured by human cells and could perform calculations based on gene expression on a cell-by-cell basis. He also built computers made of RNA, RNA, and DNA that can operate within mammalian cells. You see, again, these technocrats, and we just went through episodes one to three with Ray Kurzweil and you will know Harari and the stuff that they're involved with. Now you see this type of guy's involved with the same thing, and his company, Zipline, is operated on government contracts. And I went deep into him and found out that he's actually focused on uh, autonomous drone technology, which is what I told you Instacart was gonna be doing and these gig companies were gonna be doing, is eventually their services were gonna cut out the independent contractors, just like they're working on cutting out the retail stores, and they're gonna replace the independent contractors with autonomous vehicles and autonomous drones so that your groceries are delivered to your 400 square foot pod house, your pod container, via drone or autonomous car or autonomous truck now let me go back to the zipline here's the article right here on cnbc zipline testing medical supply drones with u.s military drone company zipline which already delivers emergency medical supplies in rwanda and ghana is testing drone flights with u.s department of defense yeah they have huge department of defense contracts so there you go so far our investors are involved with InQtel, which is the CIA's hedge fund, and this one involved with Department of Defense contracts. In this article right here about Y Combinator, IBM acquires Y Combinator, alum, and InQtel backed Cloudant, right? So Y Combinator starts this company. InQtel comes in and invests. IBM acquires it. IBM is also tied to InQtel and the government. So it's, you see again, Y Combinator, InQtel, IBM. So now you have Y Combinator also behind Instacart, which is an InQtel partner. Then we have this company, let's see, another investor behind Instacart is Coastal Ventures, right? So let's look at Coastal Ventures. Here we go. On March 10th, Hermes announced a $100 million Series B funding round led by Sam Altman, new investor Founders Fund and NQTel. Also participated in the round alongside Kosla Ventures. So Kosla Ventures also tied in with InQtel, investing in companies together and finally Canon Partners. We have in this one, uh, bu- 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 this is on CNBC. Hermia's fundraising was led by venture capitalist Sam Altman. This is the same company we just discussed. And joined by Peter Thiel's Founders Fund. Right, So Peter Thiel, he owns um, he owns Palantir. Palantir was started within Qtel Money. Peter Thiel is like big-time CIA spook frontman. So you have this company, Hermia's. In Qtel money coming in, Peter Thiel Founders Fund money coming in, and then you have this company that we just uh, brought up, Canon Partners. So behind Instacart, again, the main backers are Klein, Perkins, Caulfield and Byers, partnered in with companies within Qtel, Andreessen Horowitz, partnered in with companies within Qtel. Y Combinator partnered in with companies within Qtel. Coastal Adventures partnering in with companies within Qtel and Peter Thiel. Canon Partners partnering in with Qtel and Peter Thiel. And then you have Sequoia Capital, which one of its founders is Zip, uh, uh, the guy who's the CEO of Zipline, who's running around doing defense contracts and working on autonomous drones. Folks, my head is about to explode, and they're going to have to send an autonomous drone to come and save me. We will be right back. I am Dustin Gold, and this is the Dustin Gold Standard.
2: You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on TV. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on PING.TV. All right, folks, this is
3: Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard, and I am back. I was trying to line up a grant from MQTEL so that we could build a grocery delivery company, something like that. Alright, folks. So what we just showed you was that this Israeli company, Customate, owned by a company A to Z, was in fact backed by partnered with Israeli Defense Department and Israeli Defense Contracts. Then we showed you US based Instacart, the grocery delivery gig app company, has several investment partners behind them, all of which which are tied to InQtel, which is the CIA's hedge fund and or getting money from Defense Department contracts to build technology like autonomous drones, which I told you is going to replace uh, vehicle, uh, drivers and humans. And this technology, this frictionless shopping that's being built by the Israelis, that's going to replace humans in the grocery stores as well. And you say to yourself, well, why is this important? Why is it important? Well, all of it ties back into the fourth industrial revolution. It all ties back to that. It ties back to Ray Kurzweil talking about putting nanobots in your bloodstream and connecting your brain to an AI hive mind neocortex in the clouds. It ties into Elon Musk and what we're going to discuss in the next episode, his dream to put a brain chip in your head. It ties back to the prophet of the fourth industrial revolution. You will know Harari. you have no soul. you have no free will. We will form a new democracy. We will be the leaders. You are just a hackable animal. And why does this matter? It matters because I'm showing you that this is real. It's not a joke. These people are crazy, but they are real, and they have power, and they are in control. And even behind a company like Instacart that you just thought was some cutesy little company that when you're drunk or you're home with the kids and you don't feel like going to the grocery store, you jump on Instacart, you order some groceries, and some guy brings it to your house. No, 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 no. It is much more complicated than that. There are evil people behind it, and they are doing it for multiple reasons. It is multi-dimensional. They are collecting data on both of you, the customer, and on me, the delivery person, they are refining the gamification of these apps that trick you into going out and working to make an extra dollar here and there. And that is what is going on. We are building the AI hive mind with every single app that we interact with. And why is this important to show that the CIA is behind Instacart and the Israeli defense is behind Customate? Well, let me show you this. I will keep this brief. Here's an article in Defense One from May 13th, 2015. Again, the reason why I keep showing you older articles, or I try to, like I did in episodes one through three, is I'd like you to see that this has been going on for many years. This didn't just start in March 2020 at the beginning of COVID land. It has been going on for decades. This is Defense One, Science and Tech. What the CIA's tech director wants from artificial intelligence. Again, 2015. Don Myricks says, Staying ahead of Russia and China. Now, staying ahead of Russia and China. After we went through Donald Trump's presidency, we first had Russia, right? The left hated Russia because they made it appear that they were calling and slandering Donald Trump as a Russian spy. The right kind of cheered on and loved Russia because they're like, well, if Trump is a Russian spy, then we love Russia. And then Trump was attacking China, therefore the left had to love China, and now Russia and China are right back in the forefront under Joe Biden's presidency, playing the boogeyman, depending on which one you want to be your boogeyman. So, the right hates China because they say that Biden is selling us out to China. The right kind of likes Russia, but then the right doesn't like Russia because Russia and Ukraine, you see, none of it matters. The fact is Russia and China both participate in the World Economic Forum. Russia actually sponsored CyberPolygon a few months back, which was similar to Event 201 with COVID. CyberPolygon was predicting A giant cyber attack on the country, allowing Klaus Schwab to set the stage for power outages and cyber attacks. Anyway, that was a long tangent. So, ahead of Russia and China, isn't as hard as getting United States leaders to listen to their own artificial intelligence analysis. Should the United States fear growing Russian progress in artificial intelligence? Last week, Vladimir Putin, again this is 2015, told students, quote, whoever becomes the leader in this sphere will become the ruler of the world, end quote. That caught the interest of noted AI-phobe profiteer Elon Musk, who tweeted, it begins. And we'll get into this in episode five, but Elon Musk was running around back in 12, 13, 14, 15, saying that AI was really dangerous. Then he started appearing on Joe Rogan back in 2017, 18, and saying that basically, well, if we can't beat them, let's join them. And that AI is is our friend, and I'll control it, and it's going to be really bad, but it can also be really good. And Rogan sat there and said, yeah, man. Yeah, dude you're cool musk you know you freak me out man but you're really cool man i do steroids and dmt and mushrooms like all mixed together man it's so cool ayahuasca man ayahuasca i love it man and musk is like yeah ayahuasca is so cool i dig holes and send rockets to mars and so as you see here The Central Intelligence Agency has been uh, trying to develop AI. They want to be out in front of AI. It says right here, the CIA currently has 137 pilot projects. Back in 2015, 137 pilot projects directly related to artificial intelligence the CIA's deputy director for science and technology told the intelligence and national security summit in downtown DC. These experiments quote, include everything from automatically tagging objects in video. So analysts can pay attention to what's important to better predicting future events based on big data and correlation evidence. You see big data, big data, big data, That is what we are giving them with everything that we are doing on all of these apps, social media accounts, everywhere we go. We're feeding data into their servers. They call it big data. And then that big data is being used to build the AI hive mind of which Ray Kurzweil talks about and then says it's going to be connected up to a neocortex in the cloud of which he wants to connect back into the human brain. Now. We bring up the CIA because of InQtel. Now let's bring up Israeli national defense because of the custom made company, both of these involved in the grocery industry. It says right here on the Institute for National Security Studies, Artificial Intelligence and National Security in Israel. This article is from February 2021. Artificial intelligence is a general name for database computer systems that are capable of producing. Knowledge and new insights through abilities such as understanding, reasoning, and perception, which until now have been perceived as uniquely human abilities. And then this article goes on to talk about. Israel should now formulate a policy in the field of artificial intelligence so that it can attain significant achievements in the field and not allow such an important and challenging area to be influenced by market forces only, by market forces only, right? So the government of Israel should step in and do something about AI, control AI, So that market forces, what was once the private sector, which no longer exists, does not go out and develop this technology all on their own, similar to what CIA's in Qtel does, right? They go in and they fund startups or they hijack companies. Mike has talked about what they did to his voice over internet protocol VOIP company years ago. And you can find a lot of mainstream articles about Israel being leaders in an, uh, artificial intelligence and security related to artificial intelligence. And so what I'm going to end with here is when, when we're asking ourselves, well, why are these companies, why is the CIA, why is Israeli defense getting behind the retail grocery industry? They're also behind the wholesale industry and behind the supply chains. So then when people like Klaus Schwab, the head of the world government, the effective head of the world government, the spokesman for the world government today, goes out there and says stuff like, there's going to be supply chain issues, like I played the
4: video at the very beginning of the show. History is truly at a turning point. We do not yet know the full extent and the systemic and structural changes which will happen. However, We do know that global energy systems, food systems and supply chains will be deeply affected.
3: How can he predict that? Well, because all of the governments he's in partnership with are in control of the very supply chains of which they are pretending are just organically crashing, when in fact they are orchestrating the crash. See everything is problem, reaction, solution. Create the problem, provoke the reaction, offer the solution. So now the CIA and Israeli defense are behind frictionless shopping and grocery gig apps. And there's a whole bunch more companies and industries, almost all of them, to be honest with you. So let's just look at this. Let's close with the Harvard Gazette. And this is an article from June 22nd, 2021. Intel agencies in an age of nuclear cyber attacks, political assassinations. Top U.S.-Israeli leaders detail most dangerous, complex foreign threats. And the reason why I'm going to read this to you is I just want to show you the overlap between the CIA and Mossad, which is Israeli intelligence. In their words, not in mine. I don't want to be accused of making this stuff up, so I'm showing it to you in their words. It says, During a talk last Thursday as part of a Harvard Global Youth Conference on Foreign Affairs, former CIA director John Brennan and Tamir Pardo, former head of Mossad. So you have the two former intelligence directors. Remember, John Brennan was under Barack Obama spoke about the close ties between the CIA and Mossad, the far-reaching nuclear threat posed by cyber and state-sponsored assassinations, which both generally condemn but view as defensible in the case of terrorists who pose an imminent threat. Quote, As good as CIA is, the world is very, very big place, and we need to work with our partners, such as Israel and Mossad. They have eyes and ears and places and capabilities that we depend on because we can't be everywhere all the time. That information sharing is important, end quote, said Brennan, who served as CIA director under Barack Obama, quote, Tamir and I would share the most sensitive intelligence because our agencies trusted one another, end quote. Let me repeat. He's talking about the partnership between the CIA and and Mossad as good as the CIA is the world is a very very big place and we need to work with our partners such as Israel and Mossad they have eyes and ears and places and capabilities that we depend on because we can't be everywhere all the time we can't be everywhere all the time and when he says we can't be everywhere all the time maybe just maybe he means I don't know In the grocery store? Because the CIA and Mossad are now partnered in taking over the retail, grocery, shopping, and delivery business. Ladies and gentlemen, be careful where you buy your food. I am Dustin Gold, and this is the Dustin Gold Standard. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world
2: built to keep us under control in order to change a human being